0: my podcast, Changing Your Dreams, Parenting a Child with Special Needs. I'm your host, Lara Kitts. Thank you for listening. I look forward to growing this show with you. I wanted to start this podcast because I've learned a great deal in the last few years that I feel called to share with other special needs parents. And just let me interject right away that I'm using the term special needs, but I know that that doesn't resonate with everyone. Please interchange it with whatever works for you and your family, whether that's disabled, learning differences, differently abled, or any other thing that feels right to you. I just have to have some language to connect us, and that's what I use. Two years ago, I began a journey of really getting to know my soul and healing a lot of wounds. In that process, I realized that we, as parents of kids with special needs, carry chronic grief that other parents can't relate to. It's become my goal to talk about this grief so that other special needs parents can recognize it in themselves and work on their own healing. I also hope that people who don't have a child with special needs will listen and learn so they can be more understanding and empathetic to our lives. Today's episode is my story of grief and transformation, my story so that you can get to know me and we can become friends. Let's get to it. Just so you can get to know me a little bit, I have a husband and three daughters, ages 19, 15, and 11. Our oldest daughter, Taylor, has several diagnoses, including autism, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, and more. Our middle daughter is typically developing. um, However, she does have severe anxiety. And our youngest is full of spunk and the spice of life. With four years between each of our kids, I've always told people that there's a reason they are spaced so far apart. The early years were hard, hard. Taylor is severely impaired, so she's significantly behind on everything in life. When she was little, she was in three to four therapies a week, plus a multitude of doctor appointments. It was a very hard time. When Paige came along, oh, she was such a light for us. She would was advanced on meeting all of her milestones. And as our doctor said, I needed that. I needed not to have any worries about her development. She wasn't without challenges though, due to her anxiety. She was painfully shy as a young child and and also highly sensitive. It took us years to figure out all those layers in her in order to know how best to parent and support her. Then when our youngest Remy was born, I really got to run for my money. Oh man. I thought the first two had challenged me, and then came Remy. She was all in on everything all the time, for better or for worse. She could give you the tightest, most sincere hugs that just melt you to your core. And she could also be as defiant as could be, testing every ounce of patience the first two had given me. She kept me at my wits' end for a few years until we realized that she was sensitive to gluten. When we removed gluten from her diet, she became a different kid. She's sweet, loving, well-mannered, such a relief. But every time the little girls passed Taylor with a milestone, my heart ached with grief for her all over again. Then I'd feel guilty for tainting their gains with grief. For letting my brain overshadow them with Taylor yet again, as if it wasn't enough that her needs came first with everything every day. This was, of course, an internal battle because there's too much shame around admitting this or saying it out loud to other people. Now, I naturally have a positive personality, and I was raised that way too. You know, I felt it, you know, I feel it doesn't do any good to wallow in misery or feel sorry for yourself. I was thankful to have such a devoted husband who truly shared in parenting and caregiving. We celebrated everything we could and held each other up when we needed it. But those years were exhausting and hard. There was so much stress and so much grief. This phase of life is marked by tremendous grief that's pretty easy for everyone to recognize It's the grief of all the diagnoses and the loss of the vision and dreams that we had for our lives, for our families, and our children before they were born. This is where every fresh special needs parent is given the Welcome to Holland poem and learns to change the dreams that they had for their child. Then we had a phase when the girls were about four, eight, and 12, when I realized that we were in our sweet spot. I'd read a blog from a mom all about being in the sweet spot. It's that time of life where your kids are out of diapers and more independent, but they still want to hug and snuggle and hold your hand. And at first when I read that, it made me really sad because Taylor isn't potty trained. She's nonverbal. She needs assistance with everything. I thought I would never have the sweet spot. I would have to carry a diaper bag with us for the rest of my life. After I let that grief run through me, I realized that just like when she was little, our experience might be different, but not less. I realized that although still in diapers, Taylor was doing good. She was more regulated than she'd ever been, She was happy and doing well. We were able for the first time ever to really go places as a family. We went to events for special needs families like sensory-friendly movies and specially planned carnivals. We went on wheelchair-friendly hikes and, and geocaching together. We were active as a family for the first time in over a decade, and it was amazing. And then Taylor hit puberty. Everything was off the table from that point forward. Puberty wrecked her. And in the process, it wrecked me too. She became aggressive and dysregulated. She was ready to pop at any given moment. And we began living on eggshells again. Living in that place of always high anxiety, never knowing if she'll sleep or be up all night if she'll give you a kiss or claw your eyes out, if she's in pain or exhausted and just crabby and with no idea what to do to help her. That's an awful place to live day after day. This is a type of grief that is unique to special needs parents. This grief isn't easily identified. I feel that it's usually mislabeled as stress. And this is because it happens through normal everyday activities. It's a part of our common daily lives. It's little things that remind us we're different, that our child is different. Things that are stressful maybe, so we miss the grief. Things like how hard it is to get your child's teeth brushed well. The focus is on the difficulty of the task, which is stressful. But the result is being left with a feeling of unidentified grief that you and your child have to go through this when others don't. So after years of living like this, one day I just couldn't do it anymore. I was trying to change her dirty diaper. She was aggressive and resisting me, which was very commonplace and so frustrating. I was losing all my patience with her, so I just left her safely where she was and went into the kitchen sobbing. Now, at this time in my life, my sister had died the year before, and I was really in the depths of depression and the height of anxiety. So on this particular day, when Taylor got aggressive with me, I couldn't handle it at all. I left her in her dirty diaper, and I crumpled to a heap on my kitchen floor, sobbing. And sadly, this scene was also commonplace. But the difference on this day was that I couldn't get up. I had always gotten up before. Always got up, but not this time. I managed to call my husband, Nate, choking out the words through sobs. He came home from work, scooped me up off the floor and carried me to bed. The grief over my sister passing away had cracked wide open the grief that I didn't know I had over Taylor. Now clearly being unable to get off out of the kitchen floor that day wasn't an isolated issue. I was severely depressed, which means, you know, I was in bed most of the days, unable to participate in a basic life with my family. My anxiety was so bad I couldn't leave the house because of panic attacks. So a couple of months later, I went to a place in New Mexico that specializes in grief. I researched and researched, and I went to the only place in the country that could give me what I needed. I spent two weeks there being nurtured and pampered, working through my grief and healing. I left there knowing that I had to make lifestyle changes if there was any hope to continue to feel the level of peace that I felt then. Because even way before I got so low, I was a stressed out mess. My back was knotted up so tight that it felt like a brick wall. I couldn't focus. I couldn't cope with Taylor's hormonal aggression. So I spent two years implementing my self-care plan and making those sustainable changes in my life. It was during this time that I finally recognized the unique daily grief for what it was. That realization was a game changer. Knowing those common occurrences were leaving me feeling grief and not just stress, I was able to be so much gentler with myself. I was able to give myself the grace that I would give to any one of my girlfriends if she were grieving. And now that I'm on the other side, I have so much more peace and calm within me. And I do specific things every day for myself. And these are little things. These are not big things. But I do them every day for me. I know firsthand that as a mom of a kid with special needs, you can make yourself a priority. You can take care of yourself. You can thrive and feel good. And now I want to give that kind of support to other special needs parents because I know it is needed so desperately. I hope you start to recognize the grief in your life and motivate you to make some changes for your own mental health through my program called Flight Club and now this podcast, Changing Your Dreams. This podcast will shine a light on our unique grief Our chronic, ever-renewing grief that few people recognize and no one talks about. The daily losses of typical life. The ongoing loss of typical future as your child grows up. The renewing losses we have to relive on a cyclical basis. I'll feature interviews with field experts and with other parents to discuss their grief and their transformation stories as well. How do we live a beautiful life with chronic stress and grief? How do we nurture ourselves while we nurture our children with special needs? How do we make ourselves a priority when they need so much? My amazing guests will break our hearts and give us tremendous hope. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of it. And leave a review with your podcast platform. Thanks for joining me.